everybody. Welcome back to the Servant Leadership Institute podcast. Uh, this is Brian here, and I am sitting in with Carol Malinsky, our Director of Content and Curriculum. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Good. So uh, today um, in the program, we're going to be discussing diversity in our businesses and work teams. Diversity and inclusion is vital in servant-led environments. In fact, I don't think we can call ourselves servant-led if we are not diverse in our organizations. Servant leadership calls us to treat every individual with dignity and respect. Some time ago, we wrote a booklet on the subject of diversity, and in that booklet, we included 10 tips we called 10 things we can do to improve our diversity competence. So today we are going to discuss the first five of these tips. So Carol, to get us started, uh, can you describe diversity as it applies to the conversation we'll be having today? Sure, I'd be happy to, Brian. Um, Diversity can be defined in many ways. People in an organization can have diversity of experiences, viewpoints, backgrounds, and life experiences. We can also view diversity from a perspective based on ethnicity, race, socioeconomic status, gender, age of course, geographical area, and many others. We need diversity in our teams, our organizations, and society as a whole if we want to find new ways, new ideas, and innovation that results in finding solutions for the people that we serve. Accepting and valuing difference gives us peace. It makes us more compassionate and enriches our lives. It gives us trusted work and family relationships, mentors and guides. It gives us friends. So let's get started on tip one. Brian, Mm -hmm. you want to make us familiar with tip one? Yeah, definitely. So for tip one, it says examine your own beliefs, attitudes, and potential biases. So that sounds like it goes into this idea of think about your thinking, one of our behaviors. Exactly, Um, exactly. I didn't mean to cut you off. Did you have something else you wanted to say? No, 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 no. Okay. Um, The first thing that came into my mind when I looked at this particular tip, and it's, you know, this is a booklet from a booklet that we wrote, uh, as Brian mentioned earlier. And we wrote that, gosh, several years ago at this Mm -hmm. point. But so in looking at this, when I came across this tip again, the first thing that came into my brain actually was exactly what you said, Brian, as far as servant leadership behavior, thinking about your thinking. Mm-hmm. And it's something we all need to do. We, we advocate that you take some time every day to reflect and think about the way you're thinking. Um, and that can really apply to any kind of situation you're in. But in the area of diversity... Um, we need to be asking ourselves things like, you know, do, do we fall prey to stereo, stereotypical thinking? Mm. You know, do I think about p- certain groups of people in a certain way? Mm-hmm. Um, and those are those are tough sort of um, conversations to have with yourself and tough things to to uh, face. But we need to do that kind of thing. Are we assuming things about people that we shouldn't be? Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Uh, my husband might think about 
something that I do in driving and say, oh, she's a woman driver, so that's why mm-hmm. she made that decision, <laughs> you know, and and that's just, you know, not a good way to be as mm-hmm. far as making assumptions about people. So are we considering, are we open to considering that we might have biases? Mm-hmm. And again, a tough, a tough subject, but something that we need to review in our own minds um, to see if we're, uh, if we're looking in at situations and having bias as we look at them. And are we considering that other viewpoints, differing viewpoints, are reality for those people that have those viewpoints? Mm-hmm. So the same way I may feel a certain way about something and be passionate about it, about it somebody else might have a differing view. And we certainly need to be open to that and considering that. Yeah, I think it is a, 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 a bit of a slump that you can get into with your own thought processes and, and your own mm-hmm. view of the world and know, um, just reminding yourself that, you know, you there's a certain exclusivity to your viewpoint that isn't shared, you know, isn't the same right, shared viewpoint right. of, of reality um, as everybody else that you work with or everyone else that's that's around you. Um, and so I think that it's a great uh, exercise to do with yourself, especially as a servant leader, to constantly be mm-hmm. putting that, putting your thought process in question and trying to, trying to expand, you know, your, your, uh, your world view. Well, we don't want to look at our employees as, um, and classify them as all in one category or all in a certain category mm-hmm. that influences the way they act and think and walk and talk, right? Mm-hmm. We want to see people for who they are as individuals. Yes. That's really the ultimate goal. Because without that, you really can't do, you really can't serve someone properly mm-hmm. if you don't see them as an individual. Mm-hmm. You know, with their own ups, downs, problems, quirks, you know, we have to be able to see them for who they are as individuals. Yeah, definitely. Okay, great. So going into um, tip number uh, two. Tip number two says, learn about the diverse people and cultures by researching, reading, and asking questions. Well, that's certainly um, very true that we can do research, we can do reading about other cultures, particularly when we're working alongside those cultures. Mm -hmm. But for me, the real key in this one is the asking questions. Mm -hmm. And the goal is, you know, before you can ask those questions and really ask good questions and get great answers, is through relationship Mm -hmm. and building relationship first and foremost. So it goes right hand in hand with recognizing people as individuals. Okay, now I can approach you and I can build relationship. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be me and you're going to be you. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to see you for who you truly are. And that's going to put me in a position with you where I can ask questions mm-hmm. about your culture, your point of view, um, to learn more about you mm-hmm. and about um, you know the people you represent. 
Um, so that's, that's really um, key, I think. And a lot of us, you know, you can say uh, research, read about. Some people, that's just not their thing. Yeah, totally. And they're not going to do it. So if they can instead focus on this relationship piece and asking good questions of people, not to be offensive anyway, but just showing a genuine interest. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that puts you in a place where you can, you know, hang out with them and see what they're really all about and gain on that innovation piece, right? Because they're going to have ideas mm-hmm. for making things better. And... Uh, and that's really what we're trying to get to here is honoring and respecting everyone and also taking advantage of the innovation that they can bring to any organization. So we've got five generations in the workplace now. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. And it's a lot of difference. Yes. It's also a lot of similarities, mm-hmm. as we'll talk about a little later. But um, it's a lot of diversity of thought. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I had a a set of wonderful grandparents. Mm -hmm. And I never, and I could kick myself over this, I was never able to, at a very young age, was never able to just get them to sit down and talk about, tell their stories. Mm -hmm. And maybe even record those stories. Um, Because... You know, I had one grandfather who came over on a boat at age 13 from Italy, and my grandmother was in the San Francisco earthquake and fire of 1906. And I don't have any of that history of those stories of what they went through. Right. And so this is really important to be able to take advantage of those generational differences. Mm -hmm. And you know, in our workplaces and is one place we can do that. Yeah. Because we spend so much time there. So um get to know those other age groups and don't just make assumptions about, you know, this age group does this a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um and we'll we'll talk a little bit more uh again about that as we as we get as we move along in these tips. Yeah. Well and it also kind of starts bringing to mind to me Again, the importance of allocating the right amount of time for relationship building in mm-hmm. in a work environment. Yeah. Um, not always coming in and, you know, just getting right to your work and understanding the importance of, oh, I do actually have to have some communal time with the people that I'm working around all the time and uh, taking that step um, to try and build that trust and to also, you know, uh, harvest new relationships with others because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you never know how you know you never know what you'll be be getting um, from the from those opportunities right yeah so going back over to the tips the the third one now is when planning a meeting think about the mix of people and the perspective they might they they may have do you have a good mix of competencies and viewpoints yeah, so this one really has to do with process mm. and um, is a very practical tip for you as far as organizing your meetings and working on projects, uh, team projects that you may have. Um, 
so as you're going to formulate these meetings and let's say you have a new process that you want to develop are you looking at your uh, your customers for that process so not just what's going to happen in your team but how is this process going to affect the downstream customer mm-hmm. or the upstream customer who's handing off the work to you right yeah and so it's really important that as we develop who's going to go to the meeting, who's going to have a say of this new process, mm-hmm. that you enfold those other groups or representatives from the other groups so that they can sort of um, add their advice to that process. It's going to be invaluable to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, you're going to develop something and it may not work in the whole stream workflow of um, the organization. Yeah, which slows down and the process. Then right? And then you'll really be, be back to square one mm-hmm. as far as designing your processes. So really important to have that kind of uh, representation. And then the other thing is to think in terms of not so much titles, but skills. Mm. You want certain skill sets to be included and not just think in terms of, well, I have to invite all the managers, right? This is a this is a manager level meeting we need to have. Right. Well, maybe it's not. Mm. And maybe we really need to think of, you know, who has the, the necessary skills that are going to be needed to design the process or contribute to whatever problem you're working on. Mm-hmm. Um, so take a look at the skill set, not the title. And then, you know, the other place that comes into play is, you know, Brian, you may have skills in something that if I looked at your job description for your position, it wouldn't have that skill set on. Mm-hmm. But you have the skill. Yeah. And I know that through knowing you, Mm -hmm. for example. So if I know that, and I know, let's say it's skill in PowerPoint, and I've got a project we're going to be working on, and we're going to need to use PowerPoint, and I don't have, you know, other people that can do that, maybe I should consider pulling you into that work team. Mm Mm-hmm to take advantage of that skill you have. Yeah. So I'm taking advantage of the diversity that is within the organization. Mm-hmm. Now, don't just go pulling people. <laughs> I'm not advocating <laughs> that you go pull people without talking to their leadership first. So, you know, make sure you pave the way. But just don't be so so tied to those job titles because I think we can go beyond that. And then we're going to want to take a look at who's actually doing the work. And are they represented in that meeting you're going to have Mm. or that work team? The people that actually do the work is very, very important. Um, Many years ago, I saw Howard Behar speak, and Howard was one of the founders of Starbucks. And he used a sentence that... in his talk that I've never forgotten, and that is, you know, if you want somebody to mop the floor, Mm -hmm. let them choose the mop. 
Mm. So it's the same kind of concept. The people that actually are doing the work are the ones that should have a real, really huge influence in whatever process it is that you work out. Mm-hmm. So, pardon me. So really, really important. And then are we thinking, are we being diverse as far as viewpoints are concerned, mm-hmm. points of view? Um, or do we just have a room full of people that, that think exactly the same on certain, whatever issue it is that you're dealing on? Yeah. We really do want the diversity of the viewpoint mm-hmm. to be represented. And that might bring conflict. C word. Nobody likes that one. Yeah. Potential for it, for yeah. sure. Yeah. And conflict is okay mm-hmm. as long as we remember dignity and respect. Yeah. Most especially the respect, the respect <laughs> part. Um, and, you know, putting on our listening hats and being willing to listen to people. And, of course, you know, in a situation like that, face the conflict and mm-hmm. work through it. And if people are coming in with a servant-led attitude, which they may not be, I'm not naive, um, they, some people may be looking to win. Mm-hmm. And that's not what we want we want is people that are committed to working out a process that works for everyone. Gotcha. Yeah. And so I know that you have, you you, uh, were formerly working at Datron World Communications and you were, uh, you had the the opportunity to see that culture change um, from a non-servant led model to a, to a servant led model. Mm -hmm. Um, How, and I'm sure you had firsthand experience in these kind of meetings. How was it when you saw the change up of meetings from, you know, the non-diverse, you know, way of doing a meeting to maybe a little bit more of a diverse, you know, including more people with different viewpoints in, were you able to experience that? And how how did that look to you? Mm. Well, I think what I could see was just a change in overall attitude as people found that they were all there to get a good outcome and not to come out as the winner. Mm. That made a huge difference. I think it also worked to build relationship and um, just the chemistry of Daytron over time moved from a very backbiting, um, super political Mm. kind of situation to, as I say, one that was where people were working together and looking for good solutions. Yeah. The other interesting thing that happened was there was less... When I first joined the company and prior to servant leadership... They were also very, very negative as far as their own abilities were concerned. You would hear things like, oh, we always suck at this. Oh. We always make mistakes. Nothing can ever go right. Oh. And part of the change that took place was I started hearing less of that and less of that because people grew in confidence, mm. because they were more successful. Um, because we took, you know, our, our production numbers, 
I, I couldn't even say how much larger they got, whether it was like, <laughs> yeah. it was more than doubled, very definitely, more like quadrupled. Um, but same group of management, right? So yeah. you expanded as far as your workforce, overall workforce was concerned, but the management stayed the same. Same core. Yeah. Mm. And that, I think, is also a testament to this recognizing the diversity in people and being willing to work with one another mm. and work toward that common goal of producing good product in a timely manner mm-hmm. um, and getting it to the end customer. Very aware, became very aware of that downstream customer, way downstream, mm-hmm. um, and how important he was. Always being um, ready to accept the feedback because if we take that stream all the way down, that's your end customer. Yeah, he could be halfway around the world. Totally. So you've got to have your, you know, the ears open to want to hear that input um, from those very diverse customers. Yeah, definitely. Especially when you're an international um, company. Yeah. Which Daytron is. So, um, yeah, good, good question. Thank you. Yeah, that that, that was great. Uh, so. <clears throat> Moving on to tip four. Um, Tip four is honor diversity by making a point to draw people into the conversation. Yeah, I love this one because, you know, we can have all the right people um, and give them a seat at the table, but are we willing to give them a say at the table? Mm. And that's more important. And so a huge difference. It's not just invite them into the room. It's, you know, look for their input. And in some cases where you have folks that are not used to this um, environment. Oh, definitely. You're going to have to draw it out. Yes. So it's important to use your emotional intelligence, put your little emotional intelligence hat on, and be aware, you know, who in the room observe. Take some time. Don't feel like you, if you're leading the meeting, like you have to talk the whole time. Um, But as the conversation goes on, be aware of who's speaking up, who's not speaking up. Mm -hmm. Because you may have to, you know, ask people, draw them in, make it a point to draw them in and ask them for their input until they get more comfortable in the situation. Mm -hmm. And then you most likely won't have to at all because as people get more confident they know if they know it's expected of them to contribute yeah where once again we get away from this winning mentality and just focus on the you know we want the best outcome possible for everybody Mm -hmm. then people feel like they have permission yeah to go ahead and speak up and and be um a part of what's going on um and then, you know, what What else can you do to honor all types of differences? This, this is something we need to ask ourselves, and it's something that we can do in that reflection process. Um, you know, and encourage involvement of everyone, not only in your particular team or department, but in the whole company. Mm. And I know a lot of companies have quality programs where they ask for contributions from their employees. Yeah. Um, at Daytron, they use a, a, a PIP, what's called the PIP program. And that is where 
employees are encouraged to discover better ways of doing things. They submit those to a committee, and the committee will um, look and research it, mm-hmm. find out if it's a, a change that is the right thing to do. They take a look at how much money would be saved by doing it. Sometimes it's not a money saver, right? Yeah. But many times it is. And so the employee himself gets a certain percentage of that projected savings mm. if the change is implemented. So that's a great reward system. Right. right. To incentivize people to And if, you know, and, and then and that couldn't be quite a nice thing for them if you are talking about making a change to a product that is built repetitively. Oh. Uh, because yeah. the savings can be huge. Yeah. The savings, you know, may not be, but um, in those cases, it's where it's found to not be a real money saver, there's still a certain standard amount of money that they get for, mm-hmm. the, for submitting a good idea. Mm-hmm. So now we're rewarding in very tangible ways this extremely diverse workforce. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a reward for them to participate just like anybody else, it doesn't matter what you know diversity, what what um, group, quote unquote, they're from. Yeah, yeah, and to and to drive home that point that you said before that that is a company wide initiative, mm-hmm. and um, I've been able to experience because they they honor people that have you know uh, re- that receive a PIP award. Um, during monthly celebrations at Daytron, and I've been able to be there and witness those. And it's even, you know, innovations that happen in the shipping department, right. <laughs> you know, get honored. Or, you know, a, a salesperson may end up getting it. Or maybe an accountant found some sort of their process that can be trimmed and modified to um, uh, be more, um, you know, structurally sound or more innovative. Um mm-hmm. So yeah, that's a company-wide initiative that um, that's a great opportunity to bring people together. Um, so uh, finally, week uh, or uh, tip five: um, point out to your team the differences represented along with the things we have in common. So point out to your team the differences represented along with the things that we have in common. That's huge. Right. And it needs to come obviously from a very positive Mm -hmm. place. Yeah. You know, people and their differences are a gift to us and they're not, um, they shouldn't be viewed as a pain. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have a tendency, I know we do this with, I'm advocating that we use humor. Pardon me, that you use humor mm-hmm. a lot with people, but be really careful with that because you certainly don't want to offend anybody, mm-hmm. um, which can can be done if you're not careful. But, you know, we jokingly, as an example, we jokingly talk about millennials. So many people joke about millennials. <laughs> yeah. And I happen to think and have said for years that, you know, we have more in common with our millennial friends than not common. Yeah. Um, And that's what you really need to emphasize is, you know, I'm very grateful that 
our um, millennial team members have the background in, you know, they're born with a computer in their hand. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how that happened, but it's a wonderful <laughs> thing for someone like myself who can be technology challenged. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we should be honoring that and not, you know, belittling people because they're tuned into technology or because they have certain other qualities that we that may be hard for us to understand. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it all goes back again to relationship, but to point out to your team the strength that you have mm. in diverse points of view. Um, you know, there may be certain, you may be a whiz in technology, I may be strong in grammar Mm -hmm. because our you know our schools were different and change over time and and things people learn may be different Mm -hmm. um, per their generations so really important that we point out the positive side of the differences and you know let's look for what we have in common not what's different Mm -hmm. so an emphasis on you know, we all have one goal in mind. And this happens multiple times as people work through processes. We all have the desire to be successful in the end. Oh, definitely. Right? So, you know, those differences have to be viewed as strengths. Yeah. And um, as I said when we were defining at the beginning of the program, we want to come out of this with friends. Yeah. Definitely. And it's great to have all different kinds of friends. Yeah. Um, so that's really what we're looking for. Yeah, I think it's, it's you know, growing into a bigger picture to know that, you know, how diverse your work is and how diverse your cult- work culture is, it really strengthens the company as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, everybody wants to be more stra- strong and sound. Um, especially in the direction of where the company's going and the things that, you know, the company can accomplish. And knowing that you're not looking at any uh, issue, problem, new product, design, um, one-sided, but mm-hmm. you have just a, a great and very clear full picture. And you really get that from having diverse perspectives and diverse viewpoints. Right, right. And ultimately, you know, that is really the strength um, of, a, of an organization is the, the honoring of all those differences mm-hmm. are really what makes it strong mm-hmm. and helps it to grow and thrive instead of forcing people to stay within their little boxes Mm -hmm. um, and think about each other in certain ways that are not positive and not helpful. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, diversity is where it's at, man. (laughs) (laughs) Well, great. So I know that we've only covered and we've only gone through half of the 10 things. But for now, um, do you have any final thoughts or suggestions uh, for our listeners today? Um. I guess my my final thought would be to just, as a leader, take the time to 
you know, sit down and really think about the people that are in your group and, um, you know, what kind of group do you have? Mm -hmm. How diverse are they? I Mm -hmm. mean, many people are in situations where they may have a very small team. Mm -hmm. It may be a very small company. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're even the Lone Ranger. Um, But start looking in terms of the folks that I do have maybe all the same ethnic background, for example. Mm-hmm. But are they diverse in other ways? Yeah. And that's really um, one of the things we wanted to drive home today was that diversity isn't just about age or ethnicity or socioeconomic status. There's a lot of different aspects to that um, term, mm-hmm. diverse. So be open to that. Take a look at your organization and and are you diverse enough? And mm-hmm. if you're not, what steps can you take mm-hmm. to increase your diversity? Mm-hmm. Um, and what can you do to build an organization that really honors it and respects other people? Yeah, and ultimately knowing that two you know two people are not alike. Uh, you know, 100%. So um, I think, uh, you know, one thing, if you're looking at your team and you're thinking we're not that diverse, maybe you should be looking harder and, you know, (laughs) probing those questions to see and get to know them more and see their uniqueness. Right. So that's great. So as we wrap up, um, I wanted to let you listeners know of a few resources you can check out that pertain to this very subject of diversity competence. Um, first is a free gift we would like to send you that goes along with this episode specifically. Uh, email us at info at servantleadershipinstitute.com with the title Diversity Competence Part 1. Secondly, there is another great podcast episode we put out a while back of Vicki Clark's presentation from our 2019 conference where she talks about diversity and inclusion. It's an incredible keynote, um, and I would highly recommend you go ahead and listen to that. Um, And lastly, we have a great implementation booklet in our web store titled The Power of Diversity, which we think will really benefit you and your organization. That's available in print and digital digital versions. Um, So for now, thank you once again, Carol, for sitting down with me and going through um, this, this great subject matter of diversity competence. And thank you everyone for listening and allowing us to add value to your day. Thanks, everyone. See you guys. Bye.